0: Amen, amen, amen. And so we're going to the Word. We're going to 2 Timothy 1, uh, verses 3 through 7. They're a very short text for us today, and so I am going to read it again, even though uh, Sister Lisanne read it so great for us earlier. I'm going to read it again just in case you are joining the live just now. I want to make sure that you know what the Word is that we are focusing on today. Uh, there you find these words from Paul to Timothy, And I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Over the next few minutes, I want to preach under the theme of, the year of peace, with great power comes great responsibility. The year of peace, with great power comes great responsibility. We're looking to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment in which we are able to focus in on what your voice and what your word is saying to us. I pray now, Lord, that you reduce distractions that will make us miss what you have for us at this time, Lord, I pray extra, extra, extra anointing on the reducing of distractions because it's going to be easy for us as we're in our homes to get distracted with the children, to get distracted by changing the channel. But Lord, there is something that you have for us. So I'm praying, Lord, that you arrest our engagement. Don't let us trail off into games and video games, but keep us locked in on what you are saying in this season. There is a word that you have for us. And it is imperative that we don't miss it so that we don't miss this next move of God. And so, Lord, I pray that you do all these things and we won't be so foolish as to when you bless us to not give you all the honor and glory, because we know that all blessings and every good thing flows from you. So in advance, God, we thank you for all that you are doing in our lives and how you are even showing up. In our living rooms right now, oh God, we believe that you are going to do the impossible today. And because of that, Lord, we say thank you for being the impossible maker. And so, Lord, we give you all the honor and glory and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Uh, Bishop, I want to thank you for the courageous declaration that you have made over our year that you and what I say can only be through prophetic word have declared this the year of peace. The reason, and I I, I don't profess myself to be a prophet by any means necessary, but Bishop, it, it, it can only be a prophetic releasing of God that you would declare a year that seems like it's everything but peaceful as peace. It's crazy to me that in the sense and the time when there are wars happening, and, and, and let's not even talk about what's happening on the national scale. If your life is lifing anything like what I've been going through recently, it seems like everything is opposite of peace in my life. Bishop, for the first time in what seems like the entirety of the marriage that I have with my wife and, you know, we coming up on a good, strong 10 years. I know for some of y'all, you're saying that's nothing. I know for some of you, you're saying are still just babies, but we proud of our little 10 years, Bishop. But for the first time, the enemy is attacking us in areas that I thought the Lord had rebuked him from access to. It is the first time in our entire marriage that we have ever had to question about finances. And what's interesting in this state is that we are in a position where we're making more money than we've ever made during the entire time of our lives. And and, and so, Bishop, it was interesting to me when you declared that this was the year of peace because it seemed like that everything in my life was opposite of that peace. There was an internal conflict that was taking place even in my own walk. Where I had begun to question if I was really called to do this thing. Where I had begun to wonder if there was even really a purpose that God had in my life. He gave me a promise. He told me that I was going to preach a word and bring back people who had left the church. But I don't see people coming back, Bishop. And so I, 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 Bishop, in this year had found myself in a place where I did not know if the Lord was really going to do what he said he was going to do. And the week before New Year's, you stood up in this pulpit and said that next year was going to be the year of peace. Bishop, I got happy because I thought that that meant that things were about to change that this divine peace that you spoke about was gonna mean that all those things that had seemed to be going wrong in my life were about to come into alignment but then, Bishop, you know I can only be transparent and I can't even look at you when I say this. But then I got a little bit annoyed because not a week later you declared to me that the peace that you're talking about has nothing to do with the situations that you're facing. Bishop, I got to tell you that if I'm being honest, that, that that didn't sit right with me. That didn't settle deep down in my Holy Ghost. Can we be real about it? That thing did not, uh, uh, it didn't make my spirit quicken like I wanted it to. It made me get a little bit upset because I thought that because I gave God my yes, that that meant that he was going to take care of all the things that were concerning me. I thought that because I had denied myself some of the things that I wanted, that that meant that he was going to take care of the things that were concerning me. I thought that because I laid out before him prostrate crying for his people that he was going to take care of my house. And so I got a little bit upset that the, the 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 divine peace that you were speaking about wasn't going to necessarily change the situations that i was facing and in my anger god had to get me all the way together he had to remind me that he never promised me easy days he never promised me that everything was going to go the way that, he, that, that, that I thought it was going to go. He never promised me that, 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 that every time I spoke a word that I would automatically see it manifest in the earth. That, that That's not the promise that he gave me. What he told me was that he would never leave me nor forsake me. The thing that I thought was that if he was with me, that meant situations were going to go right. But in fact, what he's saying is, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I may stay with you in the storm. Yeah, 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 you're still going to be in the storm, but I'll be right there with you. And so what God began to deal with me in is that what I need to be listening to in in the messages that Bishop is speaking and really begin to derive from what he is saying to us is that there is a responsibility that has been released to us because of the power that has been given. And so I want to take a moment and just pause here for the cause so that we can really walk through this thing. In Luke 12, 47 through 49, we find these words where there is a warning of the danger that happens when you know the word of God, but don't act on it. There is a danger that exists when you know the word of God, but don't act on it. Luke 12, 47 uh, through 49 says, And that servant who knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his, to his will, shall be beaten with many whips. But he that knew not and committed these things worthy of stripes would only get a few. Bishop, this is interesting to me because I grew up thinking that there weren't levels to sin. I grew up thinking that if I sinned, if I messed up, that all sin is the same. There is no hierarchy of sin. And God said to me that that's still true. There is no hierarchy of sin. I'm not punishing you differently based on your sins, but you do have a greater responsibility based on the knowledge that you have in me. And so what he's saying to me is, is that because of the power that has been released to you, because of the knowledge of my word that you have, that now you have a greater responsibility to respond to it. And so, Bishop, I got to be honest If I can, then I say, well, dang, Bishop, why you got to tell me about this great peace that has been given to me because now I'm responsible for that knowledge. I would much prefer to be, you know, maybe ignorance is bliss in this category because maybe it would be more uh, 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 fruitful for me to not know of the power that has been given to me. But because we have a great man of God that leads us, he's not going to let us not have access to the power that has been given to us. And so I begin to meditate on this thing even more to say, Lord, what is this power that you have been given to us? And I know that. Many of you may not know this about me, but I am an insane Marvel's fan. Like, I've seen every Marvel's movie, uh, um, every Marvel's cartoon. My wife hates it, but I love Marvel. I'm into the comic books, all of it. It's me. Yes, I know. I'm a nerd, don't judge me, okay? This is the kingdom of God, all right? I, I love it all, every movie. I wanna be there the first night. Before I had children, I was there Thursday night if the movie was released on Friday. But you know, these kids, they put a hamper in your ability to go see movies at 12 a.m., Bishop. You can't tag them along because then people will call CPS on you and it'll be a whole thing. So you gotta wait until you can find a babysitter. I digress, I love Marvel movies. And one of my favorite statements in a Marvel movie is found in Spider-Man. It is this statement, with great power comes great responsibility. Throughout all the comic books, Spider-Man is often faced with this challenge between what he wants and what has been declared as the greater good. Spider-Man constantly has to make a decision between filling his own needs, being with Mary Jane and and, kind of going to the dance and and graduating from college and doing all the things that he wants to naturally do. He has to make a decision between what he wants for himself and what uh, the greater good demands of him because he has this great power. You're asking me why am I giving you a lesson about Spider-Man? Well, I'm giving you a lesson about Spider-Man because what you may have missed about the messages that your pastor has been preaching over the last couple of weeks is that you have been called to a greater authority and responsibility in Christ. You have a great power that dwells on the inside of you. And because of this great power, you now have a great responsibility because of the knowledge that's working in you, because of what has been released in you, because what has been spoken over you. You now have a great power. And because of this great power, you must now decide to do what God is calling you to do versus what you want to do for yourself. I much rather would have stayed home today. But because of the great power, I have had to show up I would have preferred not to have to preach today but because of the great power I would have had to show up can, can we be honest about it there are times I would prefer just to be able to go to the clubs with my friends but because of the great power I can't go there are times when I just want a shot but because of the great power I can't do it. You see, too many of us want the power, but we don't want to have to make the decision that goes along with having the power. With great power comes great responsibility. No, no, no. It's not sin, Bishop, but you can't do everything that everybody does because there is a great responsibility that dwells on the inside of you. Yes, you're big and bad enough, young lady, to buy the clothes. Yes, young man, you have the money to buy all the drugs that you want but because of the great responsibility that's in your life you must choose between what you want and the greater good it's so real that it even permeates every part of your life where you have lifelong dreams that you have to deny yourself because of the greater good My desire was to go to law school, but because of the responsibility that God had on my life, that's not the course that he called me to go. You've heard your own pastor stand here and say that he would have preferred to be a surgeon, but because where there is great power, there is great responsibility. And so you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm not a youth pastor I'm not a bishop, I'm not a senior pastor of a church. You're saying to yourself that that, that this great responsibility that you're talking about has nothing to do with me. Well, I'd like to challenge to you that you have read your word and it has declared to you that greater is he that lives on the inside of you than he that's in the world. Well, maybe that scripture doesn't resonate with you. Bishop has been teaching all month over the fact that you now because you are in Christ Jesus have this knack, this ability, this power to be in chaos, but still find peace. That means that you can be on your job and everybody be lying about you and still have peace. That means you can be at school and be worried about who brought a a gun to school, who brought knives in there, but still have peace. You can be in your home where everybody is is going crazy, but still have peace. Peace. That is because there is a power that dwells on the inside of you. Paul wrote to Timothy and our theme scripture for today or our focal scripture for today and said these words, Timothy, listen to me. I know the power that dwells on the inside of you, and there are three reasons I know it exists in you. And the same three reasons that Paul knew that this power existed in Timothy are the same three reasons I know it exists in you. The first thing he says to him is, Paul, and you almost miss it if you don't slow down reading. Paul starts off the text, and he talks about the love that exists between Paul and Timothy. And so the first reason that he knows this is because Paul has been a a leader, a spiritual father to Timothy. And so the first reason he knows it is because he says, listen, Timothy, you have been taught about this thing. Likewise, you have a great man of God that gets up here Sunday after Sunday. Bishop, I wonder how you stay in carriage that you get up here, you sweat, you preach, you study, and we still just don't get it. I I know that there are times when you have to go home and be banging your head up against the wall and say, Lord, am I not speaking English? Is something happening? Why is it that even though I'm preaching sound doctrine, the people aren't reacting to it? The first reason I know that the power that existed both in Timothy and the power that God has been talking about through this entire text exists in each and every person watching this is because you had enough knowledge you had enough wherewithal to log in today and I'm sure you've logged in weeks prior and you have heard sound doctrine and so the first reason I know that there is power in you is because you know sound doctrine. The second reason is because Timothy or rather Paul says to Timothy is that there is a legacy of faith that exists in you? There is a legacy there. So, 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 even if sound doctrine isn't enough, both your grandmother had it and your mother had it, and they passed that thing down to you. But, 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 see, sometimes, Bishop, we read the scripture too quickly because we miss the fact that even though Paul speaks about Timothy's grandmother and his uh, and his mother, he doesn't say anything about his father. When you study, you learn that Timothy's father was most likely a Greek man and a Greek man that did not believe in God. Why am I bringing this up? Because the faith that God has passed down to you through legacy may have been tried to be snuffed out by unbelievers that were connected to you throughout your life. You may have had some friends that tried to pull you away from this belief, but there is no one that can separate me from the love of God. There is a legacy of faith that exists in you and you don't even know how it got there. It may have been your great, 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 great auntie. It may have been your great, 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 grandfather, but there is a legacy that has been passed down to you of faith and as soon as you With that legacy, there is a power that will exist in you. And no matter what situation has happened in your life, I know mommy and daddy weren't good to you. I know you got abandonment issues, but there is still legacy there. And so the next thing that I believe that 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 solidifies for me now this is the thing that that that, that just brings it all together the thing that it, if you didn't know you had it now you know you have it is this Timothy was called to lead the church when Paul left And so, before Paul left, he brought the elders together and they laid on hands of him so that he could have the spiritual gifting necessary to minister to the people. And so, the third reason I know that you have power is because someone has laid hands on you and affirmed in you the power that dwells on the inside of you. And I want to encourage somebody if nobody has laid hands on you yet, why don't you right now just put your hands on your stomach and say, God, you lay hands on me even in my bedroom and ignite the power of God that dwells down on the inside of me you see we're looking for some super spiritual deep experience we are Pentecostal we want to be rolling under the pews all you need is faith if you have faith God will ignite something inside of you that you can't believe no tears no tears will even roll down your face you'll put your hands on your head and say God you've called me to be a prophet ignite prophecy god you called me to sing worship sing worship and listen 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 this is what this this is what i'm gonna be honest here this is what drives me crazy Everyone thinks that the only time our giftings are affirmed is when we have a mic in our hand. Everybody wants to be called to the nations, but we don't need any more traveling preachers. I need a preacher that's going to be at the cookouts this summer, that's going to be ministering around the picnic tables. That's where true deliverance happens. I'm sick and tired of everybody needing to have a musical. Why won't you start a worship right there at the cookout? Turn off Beyonce and go up with Maverick music. Why? can't we do ministry in our homes? I promise you, listen to this, listen to this. If we got serious about getting the five and six people saved that lived in our households, the world will be changed in a year. But we're so busy running trying to get the people on the corner, why won't you work in the sphere of influence that God has given to you? And so right now, I believe that even now some people's gifts have been ignited. But I want to encourage you with this. We hear about all these amazing experts that Paul and Timothy did. And we hear that Timothy has all this power to do great things. And here, Paul is encouraging him to do a mighty work. But what we oftentimes miss is that Timothy is being encouraged because he is dis-encouraged. He, 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 he right now needs a letter from Paul who is in prison about to be murdered or not murdered, executed. Let's call it an execution. Who is about to be executed because of his faith in God now writes a letter to Timothy to tell Timothy be in carriage. Timothy has found himself in a situation where he has both external and internal conflict. And the external and internal conflict is causing him to allow the anointing that God has given him to go cold. I want to take just like three minutes to explain this external and internal conflict that's taking place in his life. Well, Timothy is a young man. And because he has been called to a great assignment, the people are murmuring and complaining against him. Come on now. We know how that goes. He's too young. He don't know what he's doing. He don't have any experience. He ain't seen nothing. I know none of you would say that, but you know that that's what they were saying about Timothy. What what, what, what Timothy gonna tell me about being saved, okay? How Timothy gonna teach me about what God wants to do in my life? Has Timothy even experienced anything? So he has external conflict, but one of the th- Things that we oftentimes miss about Timothy because we misuse the scripture is that Timothy has an, uh, he has stomach problems is what is what, what, what the Bible sort of alludes to. Because Paul writes to him in 1 Timothy 5, 23 and says, no longer drink only water. This is Paul talking to Timothy, but use a little wine for the stomach steak uh, for your frequent infirmities, yep, you knew the scripture, but you used it so that you could. Yeah, that's all right. It's all right. It's all right. We all. It's all right. He working with us. He's he working with us. What is happening is Timothy is constantly in pain. And so Paul is writing to him to say, listen, listen, you're going to have to do something about this pain so that you can continue in ministry. I wonder how hard it must be for Timothy to have a war taking place on the inside of him and also have to fight with the people. He got no rest. I wonder, he must have gone to God and said, listen, Lord, why won't you heal me? Why won't you, if the people can at least get right, why won't you make my body get right? And God not answer, but God still required him to show up and do what he was called to do. What am I saying to you as I'm closing? That no matter what's taking place on the inside of you, no matter what's taking place on the outside of you, you still have purpose. And because you have purpose, because you have power, because you have been called, not with a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind, because these things have been given to you, it doesn't matter what's happening on the inside, the outside, you still have a great responsibility. And because of this power, you don't have the option to allow your fire to go cold. No matter what's happening in your life, by faith you've got to fan the flames. You've got to keep the anointing going. By faith you got to say, Lord, if you never heal me, I'm still going to show up. If the people never accept me, I'm still going to preach. If the people never sing my praises, I'm still going to lay hands. If my body never acts right, I'll drag my broken leg to where you called me to go. If my stomach always is t- turning i'll still get up and go why because where there is great power there is great responsibility and we are called not because of our circumstances not because of how we feel listen your feelings will lie to you i don't care how you feel today you'll feel differently tomorrow you are still required i know you're hurting listen 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 i know you're hurting you never thought leave you. You've never thought you lose that. He promised you something and it still hasn't come. You're waiting for him to manifest a miracle in your life. But even while you're waiting, even while you're hurting, even while you're discouraged, even while you're lost, even while there are parts of you that are broken, still there is power that dwells on the inside of you. And because of this great power, you still have a responsibility to show up. I don't know who I'm talking to who's saying, Lord, I've been waiting for you for seven years years, I've been waiting for you for 10 years I've been waiting for you to answer the prayer that you promised me that you were going to answer regardless of what he has done or hasn't done, you still have a responsibility and it's because of this great responsibility that I got up this morning and came here, I promise you, I'm not standing here with all things together there are still some bills, I just don't know how God's gonna make it happen, but regardless of what's happening in my personal life I still gotta get up and do What he's called me to do because of this great power, because of this word, because of this anointing, because of who I am in him. I wonder if there's anybody that would rise up in their living rooms and declare, because of who I am in him, I can't sit down. I can't stay home. I can't give up because I have a great responsibility. And where there is great power, there is great responsibility. I came to add an underscore only to what our pastor has been saying for weeks and to tell you this, no matter what it looks like, there is still power there. No matter what it looks like, there is still power there. No matter what it looks like, there is still power there. And because of this great power, there is a peace that will rise up in your life so that regardless of what it looks like, you can still do what God has called you to do. I wonder if you would pray with me just for a moment. Heavenly Father, we trust and believe that all your promises are yea and amen. So our faith tells us that everything you called us to will happen, but God help us so that we do not allow the external and internal wars that are taking place in our lives distract us and allow the power that you have given us, the flame of the Holy Spirit that you have placed in our lives. Don't allow it to go cold, O Lord. Help us to by faith keep the fire going because we know that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but you have given us a spirit of power. That's the anointing to do what you have called us to do. The spirit of love to be more like Christ and the mind of you to know what you have called us to do, to give us strategy, to be who you have called us to be, to give us the thoughts and the ability to do what you have called us to do in season, and then out of season. Lord, we believe that right now you have released power into somebody's belly, oh God. I'm praying that you will nurture that power so that they are able to be everything that you have called them to be. Somebody's fire was reignited. I'm sending angels right now to every house, oh God, to minister to your people so that they know that you are there with them. Wrap your loving arms around them and remind them that even if the situation doesn't change, it's alright, it's all right? Because you will never leave us nor forsake us. And in every circumstance and situation where you are, we truly can have peace. We believe all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.